So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had fourteen thousand sheep and six thousand camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she-asses. Job 42.12 Heavenly Father, as you appeared to Job and spoke to him as a father to a child, I thank you that you desire to speak to me in the same manner when I lose sight of your glory and perfect ways. I now know that my lack of understanding doesn't take away your sovereignty, but instead it causes me to lean into your presence more so I can receive the answers my heart longs for. I confess that even though I'm in pain, I will not give myself permission to doubt your plans for my life. You are the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who puts air in my lungs. Therefore, I will acknowledge you and acknowledge that all your ways are perfect and flawless. Through the evidence of my past victories and through the life of Job, I know that if you allow something to exit my life, it's only because you are making room for more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. God answers Job in a whirlwind. In our last story, we learned of Job's great sorrow. Boils covered his skin, and misery followed him every step. His wife told him to curse God and die, while his friends offered vain philosophical explanations as to why Job must be suffering. However, Job maintains his integrity and trusts in God, despite the upheaval of his life. In this story, Job begins to ask God about his faithfulness, and sorrow leads him to subtle doubt. God meets Job in a whirlwind and questions him beyond his human comprehension, as inspired by the book of Job. Hello, I'm Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last time together, we heard how God allowed Satan to attack Job's physical health. Job was diseased with painful boils and sores that covered his entire body. Yet even in this excruciating pain, and despite the urging of his own wife to curse God and die, Job remained steadfast in his trust of God. When his friends showed up and sat with him, helpfully at first, just to sit with him in silence and in his suffering, we discover that Job trusted God and said nothing. But then those friends began to say that Job had hidden his own sins, that he was being judged and punished by God. Job dismissed their claims because he knew it wasn't true. He knew that he was good before God, righteous before God. But even though he was perplexed and didn't understand why all of this had happened and wanted answers, he trusted in God. And so he took his problems straight to the Lord. He took his questions to God himself. And today we'll hear that exchange, what Job says and how God answers him through a mighty, powerful storm. 
Let's listen to today's reading to find out what God has to say and what it leads Job to conclude. Job was through defending his honor to his friends. They assumed that some sort of wickedness had brought this sorrow upon him. Yet Job could not fathom why God would cause such terrible things to happen to him all at once. Was he not righteous? Was he not worthy of blessing? He trusted God, yet did not understand him. The ringing of Job's friends' bickering reached the ears of the Lord, as did the questions of Job. They traveled to his presence like a stench. He would endure no more vain questioning of his goodness or sovereignty. In an instant, Job was surrounded by a whirlwind. The tempest surrounded him in every direction, causing Job to cower where he stood. Lightning seemed to be striking in every direction, and Job heard a booming voice descending upon him with great force. Who is it that darkens my counsel without knowledge? Job looked around him, realizing that the voice was coming from God. The voice roared through the wind, saying, Prepare yourself like a man, for now it is I who will be asking the questions. Job had wanted to hear from God, yet now he began to regret ever asking. God spoke to Job in poetry, so fierce that Job feared his life may end. As the winds howled around him, the Lord spoke. Where were you when I established the earth's foundation? If you know, please tell me. Who determines the world's measurements and lays its cornerstone? Who is it that sung the morning stars into existence or draped the clouds over the seas like a garment? Was it you who commanded the sun to rise and the dawn to know its place? Have you entered into the depths of the oceans or explored the recesses of the deep? Have you gazed upon the gates of death and the depths of darkness? Do you know the expanse of the universe and where the light emanates? Can you direct the stars and tighten the straps of Orion's belt? Please tell me if you have known these things, for of course you know. You were born then, were you not? Job was trembling as he listened to the voice of God. He said nothing. But God continued his torrent of questions. Is it you who understands the hawk's flight patterns and allows the wind to carry it? Are you the one who commands the eagles to mount up and make their nests on high? Who is it that contends with the Almighty? He who argues with God should answer. Job was shaking in his place. God was silent as he gained his composure. He stuttered, doing his best to create coherent sentences. How shall I even answer you? Job said. His knees were caving in on him. The sores on his feet were agonizingly painful. I cannot answer you, O God, Job said with his hands on his face. God's thundering voice arose again, saying, Will you prove me wrong? Will you condemn me and make yourself right? Do you speak in thunder as I, or is your arm as strong as mine? Adorn yourself with dignity, be draped in absolute glory and splendor. Take dominion and control over the earth you see, and maybe then I will acknowledge you. God had made his point to Job. He spoke of mighty beasts that were immense in power and glory, yet still in control by God. 
He spoke of the expanse of space and time, light and darkness, all to reveal to Job his vastness. In all God's questioning, there was an undertone of love. God wanted to bring Job outside of his circumstances. He wanted him to see that the universe operates on God's will and does not bend to Job's comforts. Job once again bowed before the Lord and said, I know that all things are possible for you. Your will cannot be denied. You have uttered what I could not possibly understand. I repent before you, Lord. After Job repented, God turned to his friends. My anger has been ignited against you, God said. You have spoken ignorantly of my ways and have not considered me as Job has. So the Lord had them repent, and Job made offerings for them. God kindly restored Job to greater health. Job's brothers and sisters came alongside him, and together they laughed and prayed with one another. Unlike Job's friends, they understood that comfort came not in vain philosophy or discourse. Rather, it came from friendship and true acknowledgement of God's goodness. Slowly, Job accumulated greater wealth and was reconciled to his wife. Together they had more children. Job sat among his new family, cherishing the memories of his old family. Job was spilling over with joy and gratefulness to God and he lived a long and prosperous life. Today's story begins with Job walking away from his friends because they were toxic. In other words, their tenacious accusations against Job's character were silly and senseless because God knew that he had done nothing wrong, that God was not punishing him. He knows that he has not sinned against God in any way that would demand God's justice. Surely he's done nothing to deserve this terrible fate, so much loss. Job does not accuse God, but he is filled with doubts. He wants to hear from God and to know why. Why this suffering? God knows, of course, everything that's been going on between Job and his wife, Job and his friends, and the questions that Job is asking himself and God. So now it's time for God to say something, for God to speak. And he comes to Job in a whirlwind. How terrifying that must have been for Job. He must have been thinking, what's next? All these blows that have come against me, and now this wind is blowing against me. Maybe Job thinks to himself, well, perhaps God is trying to kill me. But death wasn't what God had in mind for Job. God was about to teach Job and us. God says, get ready and unleashes a barrage of questions for Job to answer. These are questions from God that Job cannot answer. Only God himself can answer the questions of suffering and pain in life, and that's the whole point. God says to Job, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations, when I hung the moon and the stars? God references all of creation, from the distant stars and celestial bodies to the deepest oceans to the animals that roam the earth, God knows the when and the how and the why of everything. As you listen to the questions from God, ask yourself, what is God asking me? God's questions put Job in his place, and he knows he cannot offer an answer, and he admits this to God. But God isn't finished. 
He challenges Job to answer if he can match God's might and power. Humbled, Job answers God beginning in Job 42, verses 1 through 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful to be, things that I do not know. God hears the humble heart of his servant and the repentance, and he accepts it. He then turns to Job's friends and rebukes them for assuming that they knew God's thoughts and ways. They too repent, and Job offers sacrifices for his friends, returning to his priestly and godly role. Job has withstood the test, never turning from his trust and faith in God. And what does God do? In time, God restored his health and increased his wealth and his family line beyond what he had lost. The book of Job is all about how we handle the question of suffering in life. All the pain, all the heartache, all the tragedies that we see around us, what does God have to say about these? And this powerful story of Job reminds us that God is in control and that while we can certainly ask questions of God, we should never question God. Let me say that again. You can ask God questions, any question. But do not question God. Do not question his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, his love for you. And if you know that, if you know that God loves you with an everlasting love and that his love will never let you go, then you can persevere through any trial and even life's greatest tragedies. Dear God, your might and majesty are so far beyond what we can understand. But we thank you for reminding us in the story of Job that you are steadfast through our struggles, that when we cry out to you and lean on you and believe in you and your plan for our lives, then you always work all things together for good and that you can restore and redeem what is broken in our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible reading and prayer the priority of your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a difference, a big difference, an eternal difference in someone else's life. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.